I've always enjoyed going for long runs, and I've been running in these woods for as long as I can remember, but this story might make me change my mind. This all began around 6.30pm. I had just finished eating and decided to go on a run, as usual. I always use the same path, cross the street, run for about a mile, and pass the gate that goes into the woods. Something important to note is that the trail that I use in the forest is separated about halfway through. One side of the path is paved, and the other half isn't. I usually go into the unpaved path first, and then turn onto the paved one after about three miles. Nothing ever really goes wrong out there. I meet some rare people walking their dogs, but other than that, I'm pretty alone. At least, I thought I was. I had been running for a while now when I heard a notification coming from my phone an airdrop notification. Although I was genuinely confused about this, I didn't want to make it look like I was worried, so I kept running for a couple more minutes and then stopped to change the music. I opened the airdrop dreadfully. Who the hell was sending me stuff? After all, I was pretty sure that I was alone. I clicked on the drop and my heart sunk. It was a Snapchat picture of me running with a caption that said, You look good. Had I not been absolutely petrified, I would have turned around, but instead, I kept running like nothing happened until I reached a certain point on the trail. You see, the forest is surrounded by a fence to stop children from coming in unsupervised, and I didn't really like that fact when I was little, so my friends and I cut a hole in it. When I was aligned with that hole, I quickly turned and buried myself into the forest, aiming for my escape. I could hear ruffling behind me but I still didn't turn back. When I finally reached the hole, I jumped through it and absolutely booked it to the fire station that was a couple of streets down. The last things I could hear when leaving the forest was an angry huff and the sound of metal meeting metal. I still don't know who it was or what they wanted from me, but I never ran in this forest again. While I still enjoy long runs, I'll gladly trade desolate trails for densely populated areas. At least, someone would hear me scream if I had to. This story happened just a few years back, when I was visiting an old friend in Cologne, while at the same time taking advantage of him as a free stay for a meeting with my LARP group. For those that don't know what LARP is, it's basically real-life role-playing. Imagine a Dungeons & Dragons game, but instead of people sitting around a table with dice, you have people actually dressed up as their characters. LARPing has been my hobby since I was about 14, and after I got a job that paid pretty well, I started to go a bit more all out when it came to this stuff for my hobby. One of those things I spent a solid amount of money on was my character's armor. This consisted of various elements, but most importantly to the story, a chainmail vest that I wore underneath my outer armor. After the meeting of my group, I got mostly out of my LARP outfit because I really didn't want to walk through Cologne Mulheim, which is one of the more dangerous places in the city, as a medieval knight. But since I couldn't fit all into my backpack, I kept my chainmail on as well as my tunic and pants. On my bus ride home, I noticed some guy seemed to have an eye on me, but I guessed it was because I still looked very out of place. When he exited the bus at the same station as me, I didn't really pay him much attention. I was almost at my friend's place and decided to call him, asking if we should meet 
and get a doner kebab, which he agreed to before I could even end my question. I arrived at our meeting spot first and waited. Then I noticed the guy from the bus again, who now walked straight towards me. I got closer to the wall to make space, but instead of passing me, he stopped and pulled a knife on me, demanding my bag, wallet, and phone. Now I was willing to give him my wallet, but I tried to explain that the bag only had some armor and foam weapons, but it seems that even just talking was enough to set this guy off, and suddenly I felt two fast, stinging punches in my stomach. It hurt like hell, and I dropped to the ground as the guy grabbed my bag. Honestly, the next things are not really in my mind. I was barely able to notice anything other than the voice in my head screaming, you got stabbed. So the next thing I noticed was my friend shaking me. My bag was open and my stuff all over the place, and he was holding my helmet with blood dripping from it. He said that he saw the guy throwing my stuff from the bag as it was most likely too heavy and big for him. So my friend, seeing me on the ground, managed to grab the first thing that he could, which was the helmet, and bashed the guy with it until he ran away. As we got to safety, we checked my stomach, and even though I had two giant deep blue bruises, I only had two small cuts since the chainmail stopped the knife itself. Up until this day, I still get sick to my stomach when I think back on that day. I remember that if I had not worn a piece of my LARP clothing, I would most likely be dead. Literally, killed over a bag full of costumes, a 150 euro in my wallet, and a 10-year-old phone. The world is f***ed up. To give you a little background of my story, I'm a 20-year-old French woman. I live in the suburbs in a small residence of six houses. My gate is very often broken, which includes today, and that means that 80% of the time, it's wide open, so just about anybody can come into our small courtyard. My house has one floor. There are four bedrooms, including mine, and downstairs there's a guest bedroom, which is used as a treatment room because I have big health concerns. This is where all medicine, medical equipment, and where my treatment takes place. Also, I have a dog. I'm very, very close to him, and he's very much my service animal. He feels everything to the point of knowing my epileptic seizures are about to happen before they do, and he also recognizes the nurses that are arriving to care for me, of which there are plenty because I need about four to five infusions every single day. My dog also never barks unless there's a problem, which is something that's going to be important for this story later. So this morning, like every morning, my general nurse arrived at 8 a.m. For the rest of the story, I'll call her Sandra. She takes care of me as usual, that is to say, an infusion of a painkiller. She replaces the antibiotic diffuser. She makes me take a blood test and then remakes the cassette of my morphine pump. We usually chat about everything and nothing. She tells me stories with her patients during the treatment. My nurses are an integral part of my life and they have looked after me for about six years now. She leaves after about 45 minutes and she says that she'll see me later although she expects to be a little bit late, and not for me to worry. That day, I have a medical appointment in the morning, and I'm all alone, all day, because my parents are working. Once I'm back from my appointment, I sit on the sofa with my dog while waiting for my nurse to get here. After a while, I hear the tire noises. I get up because I think it's the nurse. 
but my dog started to growl behind the door. I look at the time, it's almost noon, and I tell myself that it's a bit early, but it's not unheard of for my nurse to rearrange her schedule to see me before the patient that she would normally see me after. I hear a knock at the door, and I stand to go open it, although usually my nurses just come in, and I see a young woman standing whom I've never seen before. She said to me, Hello, are you my name? I'm Camille, a third-year nursing student. Your nurse is running a little bit later than she expected, and she asked me to come and start preparing before she arrives. I'm not wary at all. I'm used to students coming, but I'm just a little surprised that Sandra didn't warn me, because usually she'll tell me in the mornings or send me a message, and she also never leaves a student alone when it's the first time that we see each other. I tell myself that she must have forgotten. I bring her in and show her the way to my treatment room. I take out the things for my treatment while she washes her hands. My dog is acting weird the entire time. He growls at her as soon as she approaches me, and he paces around me in a circle. I was embarrassed, so I left him in the living room and closed the door for the quiet. I'm not really keeping a careful eye on what Camille is doing. I just let her do it. I'm on my phone at the moment, distracted with Instagram. She begins to put the IV on the infusion stand and takes a syringe. Now normally, we rinse my central catheter with the syringe of Phi serum that's already made, and you just have to open the packaging. But then I see it. It's not a pre-made syringe, but a syringe that she has prepared herself. I look up and see that the ampoules for my treatment are intact and have not been opened. Yet I did hear the sound of ampules breaking. I'm starting to think it's weird. And there she starts to approach me to inject the syringe when I get a message from my nurse. I'll be there in five minutes. Can you start pulling out the materials? At this point, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Something is not right. I get up and immediately say that I have to go to the bathroom and that it's an emergency. I ran and locked myself in the downstairs bathroom the whole time my dog was barking and growling. When I opened the door, he followed me straight up so we both were in the bathroom. So then I sent a message to my nurse asking, did you send Camille, your student here, to start for you? She replied with, who? I started crying in the bathroom and was really, truly scared. Camille then came and said, is everything okay? I think she could see that I was staying in there a long time. So to cover up, I made up an excuse, saying that I wasn't feeling well and that I was probably going to take a few more minutes. Silence. And then I heard my front door slam. Two minutes later, I hear it reopen, but this time I hear my nurse. I came out of the toilet crying. She asked me what happened. I told her about it and showed her the treatment room. So we then called the police. They came, they examined, took samples, took the syringe as well as the rest of what Camille had prepared. Results were back in a few days, and what they found was nothing short of terrifying. In the syringe was a paralyzer. She had put a dose that could have paralyzed a 200-pound man, and I'm only about 80 pounds. And in the IV, it was a medicine to lower the heart rate, but it was so concentrated that it could have easily stopped anybody's heart. To this day, we still have no idea who this Camille was, and luckily, I never heard from her ever again. Shortly after this, we realized that she had stolen all of my opioids, but nothing else had been messed with, like my tablet or money. In retrospect, 
I realized that my dog had sensed that this person didn't want me well, and I tell myself that I should have absolutely watched her because she was just a student, and the entirety of my treatments should not be administered by someone that's just a student. I can't help but wonder what could have happened if I hadn't looked up from my phone when I did, although I know in my heart of hearts that it wouldn't have been a good outcome.